these stories is so cool. And it's our ability to recognize Christ, right? To recognize God among us and everywhere all the time. And so I want to title where I did title our talk this morning, Club Jesus. There's a bit of sarcasm in that, or maybe a lot of sarcasm in that. But uh, so Club Jesus, Club Jesus. Uh, Looking at Mark, we're still in that uh, series through the book of Mark and looking at the different sections. And the first section is Jesus in Galilee. And uh, the second is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. And the third section is Jesus in, we're now in the second section. We were last week as well. And so this is the travel from, for Jesus from where he is um, on his way to Jerusalem. And, um, uh, and this message this morning is about how there is no club. There is no club, Jesus. There's no denomination, no church, no religion that possesses God. Um, and while that seems obvious, uh, to some of us, the truth of it always presses to possess our need to control, our need to be uh, have a lot of insider cred, to have some sense of security because we are the in, most inside, inside person um, in whatever group we're a part of. I think of, you know, people who are sports fans, you know, and there's always that one fan that other people look to and think, wow, this one is the most fan of all he's the, you know he or she is the most fan person you know they they have uh, they do over and above and uh and so that person has the most cred uh, when it comes to being a fan of a particular team um but what i want to say about jesus or about god is that the good news is that there really is um only one thing that prevents us from seeing god more of god and that is our own blindness, our own blind. And that's actually good news. It's not an, an accusation or condemnation. It's actually fantastic news because it means we actually start to, to see and to see more and to be empowered, right? Um, it's funny how we can feel, this is a little by the way, it's, it's funny how we can feel very, uh, very guilty or condemned when we say the problem um, when it's actually the opposite, because as long as the problem is somewhere outside of us, then it's unfixable. We can't resolve it. it the power is elsewhere. The agency is elsewhere. Um, and so um, what we find in the scriptures is Jesus to a people who are oppressed, a people without power. And what he does is he, instead of saying to them, yeah, you're without power and I've come to be the hero to save the day. Um, no, I'm actually going to show you how you have far more agency, far more power. And the wonderful news is that the only thing that prevents you from more of it is your capacity to see it. And so there is no club Jesus, no club God. There is only the blindness that we carry that prevents us from where God is all over the place. But let's talk about that because there are places where we do get stuck. (laughs) And so let's look at Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bible, your electronic version, uh, you can look at Mark chapter 9. And um, verse, we're going to be looking at verse 35. Uh, Actually, let me start with verse 30. 
set up the context a little bit. Mark chapter 9 and verse 30. They left that place in Galilee. And Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in a house, in the house, he asked them, what are you arguing about? What were you arguing about on the road? They kept quiet, argued about who was going to be the greatest. Uh, who was the greatest now of, of all the disciples? And so there's a little bit of a argument that's happening while they're traveling. So again, is capturing this. This is the traveling section. This is where he is on his way to Jerusalem, and um, in the minds of the disciples, he is going to overthrow Rome and set up Jerusalem um, once again, a powerful nation that it once was. And so they're having this conversation in light of that, like, okay, when this happens, um, you know, I think I should be vice president and maybe you could be secretary of state and maybe, and then there starts to be this debate among them as to who should be the greatest, who should be right there next to Jesus. They had misunderstood what he had just said when he said the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. And so um, they're not thinking die. They're thinking this must be some kind of parable. Um, so sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he had placed among them, taking the child in his arms. He said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me. But the Verse 38. Teacher said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle mind someone say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. That's a reversal of, an, of, of another saying, right? Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives a cup of water in my name to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. All right, so back to Club Jesus. How does this, what's happening here? Uh, first of all, um, and I haven't done one of these in a while, but I'm doing a sermon. Uh, so the first, <laughs> the first is Jesus is last. Jesus is last. Okay, now that's provocative, right? Because many of us who have been in the church or recently become a part of it, you're, uh, you have heard undoubtedly uh, the statement, making Jesus first in your life. I understand what's, been, what's meant by that. There's a lot of it that I, I wholeheartedly believe in, in terms of the practical. Like, you know, are you uh, tuning in to the, the Christ spirit that is present all around you, you know, regularly? But actually, the saying is oftentimes understood as, um, you know, I, I can, can make Jesus because I can find Jesus as first in my life. 
And it's some sort of abstract thing. It's not an flesh thing. It's not like I'm putting Jesus in this person who I see right now first in my life. It's this abstraction of I've put Jesus in my head, the imagination that I have of Jesus. So I might uh, go sit with Jesus and pray and have this imagination that I'm sitting with Jesus and making Jesus first, right? This is club Jesus mentality. This is I can access or go to Christ and, um, and in my imagination have this conversation. By the way, which I practice myself. I believe 100% that that's, that that's, that's actually good and it works, right? But that cannot be the alone thing that I do. It can't be Jesus is first. Because Jesus here says what? Uh, that in, in regard to their argument, Jesus sits down and says, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Yeah, Jesus is actually saying, this is exactly what I've come to do. I've come to be the last. Not the first but the last that's a that, that's should be like one of those that uh, uh, shakes us up a little bit i've come to be last not first i've come to serve not control not overthrow rome i've come to serve i've come to be last and so uh this is the role that jesus takes is one who will be found among the last. And I think all of us have stories, right? That we Christ in the most unexpected places, sometimes when we were feeling like we were the last, uh, the last of all people, the, the you know, coming in last in every, dim- in every dimension of life, feeling like we we're definitely not the one who crosses that finish line first. And yet it is in those places oftentimes that we have found Christ. I love the stories of people in recovery who have said, when I hit bottom, when I had nothing, absolutely nothing to turn to, my, the shame of my life was, uh, was overwhelming. And that is when I found Christ. That is when I found God the most was in that, that place. And some and are almost like, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back to those places because the experience was so beautiful. Um, but that place is also available uh, to us now because it is in practicing being the last that we find Christ. It is when we are associating with the last and finding the last. And as Jesus continues to, to explain that, saying that, you know, to be a servant of all, you know, this is what he, had, what he asks us to do is to be a servant. And this is not about not no leadership. This is about the way we move about life is, is what am I trying to do here? Is it to serve other people? Is it to help? Is it to really genuinely up? And when we think about leadership, even in our country right now, and what's happening is, is for us to not be surprised that when, when we find out that people are not in it for other people, but they're in it for themselves, particularly when, it, when it's in the religious context and there are leaders at the high levels of, of, of uh, religious organizations that you turn around, you find out that they've done something really, really, really bad. And, um, and it, it shakes us up. Um, 
but that's what, what Jesus uh, tells us. You know, this is what servant leadership, why servant leadership, it matters. Like it's an issue of character. It speaks to our, to our character as a person. Like, what are you in this for? You know, why, what are you engaging with somebody you care about? And you're in, in relationship, I should say, with somebody that you care about. And um, in your thoughts, in the moment, check your thoughts, check your, your motivation. Uh, are you in this relationship for what you can get out of it? Are you in this relationship for something that, that does something for you? You know, when you show up at, 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 in gatherings, what's your, where do your thoughts go to? Is it, you know, I hope that I'm loved here. I hope that I'm accepted. I hope that I'm, you know, it's, it tends to be, you know, a lot about us, right? And, um, and, and turning that around to, I am already accepted, I'm already loved, so I can serve. I can be the last. And I can be here to see what way can I genuinely lift up other people uh, with no strings attached and with nothing coming back my way. Yeah. And so um, that's the first one is Jesus is last. And uh, our, you know, our, our genuine love, our love for other people. Um, secondly, is Jesus is least. Um, so what does he do next is he takes a child and uh, into his arms and he says, whoever welcomes one of them welcomes me. Um, in the ancient world, I think it's important for, for you to know this. Uh, you may already know this, but in the ancient world, um, Parents did love their children. It wasn't like there wasn't any love for kids. The way they saw children was very different than the way we do today. Um, and so the ancient world viewed children as, um, as, as less than perfect, as having oftentimes being sinful and needing to have that work. Um, they were viewed as either a source of honor or dishonor to the patriarch, the father. Um, they were also viewed as, as employees. Uh, they were not to speak to elders or important people. This when um, Matthew uh, records this of uh, the many children running or parents bringing their children to Jesus for Jesus to bless them. And uh, the, the disciples are acting like bodyguards and they're doing exactly what the which is uh, they're telling the children to leave. Jesus alone, and Jesus says, no, 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 the, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, right? And so this part is uh, Jesus is least, and, and that's what he says here, is that if you receive a child, you are receiving me, but actually you're receiving even something more. You are receiving the one who sent me, right? You're receiving you know, receptivity, this is where it gets, it challenges our receptivity because to receive, to, 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 to receive children, to receive the least, today it's hard to say children because we think of kids differently today, but, um, but to be receptive to, to, to people, uh, to people's love towards us, to people's feedback to us, it's really difficult. I think of, I think of uh, the, the, the world that I know, and I tend to have the world I know in categories where I kind of have everything figured out. You know, I, I, I know what Patty's going to say, I think, you know, and she knows what I'm going to say. 
And I know what the liberals are going to say, and I know what the conservatives are going to say, and I know what uh, my child is going to say, although I'm a little bit more gracious towards AJ, right? Because we all are with kids. Um, and, uh, and Patty's nodding in full agreement. And, um, you know, it, it's, we, we sort of have everything, you know, that way figured out. Like this, this is, we already know what people are going to do and how people are going to behave. And, uh, and, and we lose our capacity to really be receptive to where this might be, you know? And so if you think about the, what was happening in his day, in Jesus' day, saying that even the children to whom nobody would look for, for God, nobody thought about God being in children. You thought about God being in kings, higher up, the people that are wealthy. Remember, we talked about that last week, that wealth was equated with God's blessing. The closer you were to wealth and to power, the closer you were to the, to the kingdom of heaven. The closer you were to God, to, he, to, 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 to spirit being present in this world. And, and so for, uh, for us to look at children, for, or for the ancients to look at children, that would have been ridiculous. Like, of course not. And yet Jesus says, but that's precisely where God is. It's in your capacity. Because if you only see God in the wealthy and the powerful, and, and that's where your attention goes, well, then you're back to club Jesus. You're back to club God. You're back to uh, perceiving that somehow God is in only these places when the from God is our own blindness, that Christ is in all places at all times, but oftentimes in the places that we don't expect. And so when we say, okay, now as uncomfortable as I am, because I don't like what this person or this group says, or I don't like what this other, or I don't, or this offended me, or this hurt me, is for us to tune into, is here right now? And that's a big question for us to wrestle with and to constantly, it's a great question to guide us. Like, where is Christ in this space right now? And is there something for me? That puts you in space. I mean, we talked about this as well, where we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, the subject object distinction, where God is the object, we're the subject. And we have to flip that because we're the, we're the object, God is the subject. And, and so that puts us in a, a more receptive role. Like I'm here to receive, there's something for me. And that's uncomfortable for, for us many times, but that's oftentimes where Christ is. So think about your difficult situation right now, you know, well, I can't wait till this passes. Remember we said that last week or the week before. Can't wait till this time passes. Can't wait till COVID's done. I can't wait till this. Like, no, what's in it right now? How can I be receptive? In the places that are least likely for me to find Christ, that is probably where Christ is. <laughs> so if I'm having a difficulty, if I'm having an argument, if I'm having a, um, you know, a painful, something painful has just taken place, where is Christ in this moment? And this is what I'm trying to lead us to, all people to, is God is here. It's not about trying to go, go and find God, grab a hold of God, <laughs> trying, to, trying to beg God into a situation. Please come, please come. It, it's about opening what is already happening uh, this moment. Uh, thirdly, so first, Jesus is uh, last Second, Jesus is least. And thirdly, Jesus is lost. 
Verse 38, teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Boy, does this nail the club Jesus. Like he's not with us. He's, he belongs to that church down the street or, or they're not, he's not, he doesn't even go to church. Like this is a, you know, can't be, can't be one of us, right? So we've got to become one of us or, or tell him to stop. Verse 39, do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. First of all, let me just address, it's kind of important to address, what does it mean to in the name of? Well, this was an ancient way of making an association, of saying this person is to this group. And so they're doing it in the name of, of that group. Right? Um, so similar to maybe what we would say, like if an officer is doing something in the name of the law, but it's, it's far more than that. Uh, what it meant was that that person really part of that, um, of, of that group or had really metabolized its values. So it was no longer on the outside of them. They weren't just wearing a badge. It was something internal. They had captured the spirit of the law, the intention behind it to, to, to love people more, to love God more. Um, and so they had become the very thing that they were uh, initially a part of. Right? And so then um, Jesus says, um, whoever is not against us is for us. And if you do something like give someone a cup of water in my name, you do it in my name, you your reward. That person is welcomed. When you're doing something in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, it's you have embodied the character. You have metabolized spirit. You understand it. And you're moving in that spirit. Jesus is saying, look for people who are doing that. Keep your eyes open to that because they are with us. If they're not against us, that's a different way of seeing things. Because we're used to saying, if you're not with us, you're against us. That's a, that's a saying that's been around for a long time. You're not with us, you're against us. It's sort of that, you know, I want to know who's on which side. And, and some of us resist, oh, I don't pick sides, I don't do this kind of thing, right? Uh, whoever's not with us is against us. And Jesus flips it and says, no, 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 think about it this way. Whoever's not against us is with us. Now, that's strange given the way we think about things in Christianity. It goes completely against everything we do as Christians, where we think that it's being part of us that makes you an insider. And Jesus says, no, what makes you an insider is you're not against us. And then he says, it's not about you, you hold the right beliefs. <laughs> it's not about that. It's you're giving a cup of water to somebody in my name, according to my character, according to the spirit of God. You, you have that and you're doing that. That means that you're a part of me. And so Jesus, meaning Jesus, what I meant by Jesus is lost. It's like, the disciples in that moment must have, must have thought to themselves, wait, 
way to Jerusalem to overthrow Rome, to, 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 to get into this place of power, so that once again, Jerusalem, not Rome, Rome is now under our feet. And, you know, and anybody who's not with us is against, uh, who's, who's not with us is against us. It, you know, it, it, that, that has been completely overthrown. And now who are you, Jesus, then? If, if I'm not, I, I thought we were with you. I thought you were with us. I thought we were a thing. And Jesus says, oh, no, those people over there who are not also part of me as well, because they're not against me. They're doing things in my name. They're my people. And so what the disciples have to do is start to turn their attention in different ways. If you're doing something to love someone else in the true spirit of servanthood, that you are looking for the last and the least, and you're open to receive all of, the play, all of these places, and then you're going out and you're loving people and you're doing it in the spirit of God, in the spirit of Christ, then yeah, man, you are with us. I love what you're doing. I celebrate you. Right? And so now we are celebrating what other people are doing when they're doing things in the name of Christ. Now, here's where the line is divided. There is a cutting line, and the line, even if you think or you're saying and you're, you know, preaching the supposed truth, but your character is awful, that's where the, that's where the line is, is made for Jesus. It's like you, you can say all the right things. You can articulate right policy. You can articulate right doctrine. You can articulate right theology. You can articulate all these things and then say, whoever's not with us is against us and create. And many people have fallen into that and belong to those groups. And Jesus is, is, is very clearly through, through Mark saying something very different, which is, no, that is the line that I draw. It's if you all of this right view but you do not possess the character of a servant. You do not have the heart to actually love other people and do good for them. Then you do not belong to Christ. That's the line, right? But that is the line that Jesus draws here and instead expands it in a different direction, which is if you are moving in the spirit of love and you are ever growing in your in a more generous way, and to receive because you need more of Christ than you're part of me. It's that ability to give and to receive. When is it my turn to serve, and when is it my turn to be served and to be loved and to receive? Can I do both? And in that rhythm, when we're in that rhythm, we're in the rhythm of Christ. We're in the spirit of Christ. We are walking with Jesus. And you know it. Just because you have all experienced it. You know what it is like when you have been loved, and you know what it is like when you are loving. You're loving in those moments, and you feel yourself moving out in love, and, in, and it hurts sometimes, but you're doing it. Sense of, ah, that felt so good. I feel so full right now. That's because you're, you've experienced the Messiah. You've experienced the presence of Christ. 
right? So my friends, it is opening our eyes up to where is Christ in this moment? And what can I receive? Am I genuinely showing up in the spirit of service to other people? And can I celebrate wherever I see people walking in the spirit of Christ?